Well, it is great to be with all of you here today, and I am especially honored to be invited into your home, those of you who are watching with us this morning through Faith Troy at Home, and for those of you who are watching at your cottage or at the campground or on the lake, not only are we honored to be with you, but honestly, I am a little bit jealous of you as well. My name is Joe, and I have the privilege to serve as one of the pastors here along with Pastor RJ and Pastor Tony, and we are so thankful to be able to spend some time with you today. Now, we are in the middle of a series this week um, called Wisdom Says, and really the whole point of this series is to get all of us to ask a very simple question. The question is simply this, what is wisdom saying to me right now? And the reason we're spending three weeks talking about this is because my hope um, is that we would get get you to ask this question for the rest of your life and also that you would ask this question at every stage in your life. Because at every stage in life, this question is going to shed enormous, enormous amounts of light onto your personal situation in life and onto your experience in life. This question will save you a lot of money. This question will save you a lot of time. And probably most importantly, this question will actually save you a lot of tears. So last week we began this series by looking at a section of the New Testament that inspires us to ask this question in the first place. It's Ephesians chapter 5. The Apostle Paul says to all of us who are followers of Jesus, he says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. So therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And last week, if you were with us, then you remember we said that this word careful that the Apostle Paul uses, this is actually a visual term, and he's telling us to to look around, right? Look around. In other words, um, pay attention to where you've been, um, pay attention to what's going on beside you right now, and make sure that you look out into the future. Think about where it is that you actually want to end up. And so we took that perspective, kind of those three parts, and we made this question very personal and very practical, very specific to you. And we said, what is wisdom saying to me right now in light of my past, in light of my present circumstance, and in light of my future hopes and dreams? What is wisdom saying to me, right? Not to you, because um, your past isn't my past, and my past isn't your past. And so the truth is, um, there's certain things that I need to factor in from my past that actually don't apply to you at all, and and the same thing is true for you. And the same thing, again, goes for our present, because our present circumstances are different, because you just got married, right? Or you just got engaged, you just bought a house, you you just had a baby, right? You just started a new job, you you just moved, and then again, what are my present, my, what are my hopes and my dreams for the future? Because your future hopes and dreams are just that. They are your future hopes and dreams, nobody else's. And so in light of all these things, what is it that wisdom is saying to you and to me right now? And then last week we ended, and I ended with a little bit of a challenge because I, I challenged you. I said, even if you don't um, actually do anything with this, Um, I just simply want you to ask this question in every invitation, every decision, every opportunity. Because if you discover that over the course of time that you start asking yourself the question, okay, what is wisdom saying to me right now in light of my past, in light of my present circumstance, and in light of my future hopes and dreams, and if you discover that, you know, I kind of know what wisdom is saying to me right now, but I don't think I'm going to do that, right? That's actually a really important, um, that's a really important discovery that you just made because you just discovered Um, That perhaps, in whatever it is that you're considering, um, perhaps you actually don't have your best interest in mind. 
And if you don't have your own best interest in mind in whatever it is that you're considering right now, um, then the question is, right, who does? I mean, who actually does? Who actually has your best interest in mind? So that was all last week. And so today, um, as we move into this new part, we're going to look at some options. Because the truth is, and you all know this, you're smart, right? You don't actually have to do any of this stuff. Right? You don't ever have to actually do any of the things that I suggest to you or any of the things that the, the Scripture suggests to you. And so today we're just going to look at some options. Um, because what oftentimes what we um, forget, right, what we forget is that when we, um, when we, don't, when we step away from wisdom, if we kind of know what wisdom is saying to us and we choose not to do that, then we are actually stepping towards something else. Whenever we step away from one thing, we were actually stepping towards something else. And so we're going to look at some options that Solomon talks about in the book of Proverbs. Now Solomon, as you probably know, um, was the third king of Israel. He was the son of King David. And Solomon was actually so wise that even in his own day, um, he was regarded as being so wise that rulers and kings and queens, emperors from other nations, they would actually send their representatives to Solomon in Israel to ask Solomon questions when they faced difficult situations in their own nations. And so Solomon, who wrote three books of the Bible, right, he wrote Proverbs, Song of Solomon, and he wrote Ecclesiastes, all of which contain um, tremendous insights and wisdom about life in this world. In, in the, the book of Proverbs specifically, Solomon tells us there's actually four types of people in this world. There are the wise, right, people who look at the past, think about their present, they look to the future, and then they make a decision, what is wisdom saying to me right now? But then in addition to that, Solomon says, there are also three other groups of people, right? There are also three other groups of people in addition to those people who are wise, because Solomon, again, is going to remind us that whenever we walk away from wisdom, we're going to actually walk towards something else. That if we don't opt for wisdom, that we are accidentally opting for some other things. So, a couple of rules for today's message as we get started. This is one of those messages um, where this is just eyes up front, okay? So no elbows to the person next to you right now. If you're sitting next to somebody, um, you've got to promise to keep your elbows to your sides, right? No pointing at the screen and mouthing words to anybody silently. You can't do this. No texting someone and saying, hey, you need to listen to this message, right? No, this is just for you. This is between you and me and the Holy Spirit and Solomon because the truth is right the truth is all of us right all of us at different times in our lives all of us opt for an option other than what it is that wisdom is saying to us right now so as Solomon begins this he actually in the book of Proverbs um, he talks about these three different categories of, of people and the first category of people that he talks about is what Solomon calls the simple now in our world, um, we wouldn't call them simple. We would say that they are either naive or we would say that um, perhaps they're innocent, right? Perhaps they're innocent. And so um, this is a person who is in no way bad, right? The, the simple are not bad. Um, they're, they're not evil. They're not trying to, to ruin their life. Um, they're not dumb or anything like that. It has nothing to do with that. Um, the simple person simply lacks knowledge, Right? The simple person lacks something that older people have. Um, they lack knowledge. Now, 
A couple of years ago, um, a, 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 an artist um, by the name of Taylor Swift, perhaps you've heard of her, she summarized this category of people perfectly um, when she wrote her hit song called 15, because in the song she says this, she says, when you're 15 and somebody tells you they love you, you're going to believe them. Right? And she goes on and she says, the reason you're going to believe them isn't because you're dumb. It's not because you're not smart. It's not being critical. She's not saying any of those things. She simply says, no, you're going to believe them because you're 15. Right? It's just a part of being 15. Right? And so this category, right, it's not a criticism in any way, but it is, it is a warning. And, and again, this category of people, although age is a part of this, um, this is not simply about age. This is an issue of knowledge, right? Last weekend, I was at my son and daughter's house, and I was helping them to refinish their hardwood floors, and I'd never done that before, right? So in that area, I was simple because I lacked knowledge. Now, the key scripture in Proverbs that really speaks to this whole dynamic is actually found in Proverbs chapter 7, and Solomon says this. Um, he, I want you to picture this. At the window of my house, I looked through the lattice, and I saw among the simple or the naive, I noticed among the young men a youth who lacked judgment. Right? He was going down the street near her corner. Now, right away when we hear this, there's a whole bunch of us watching and listening to this right now, and we know exactly what's about to happen next, don't we? Right? In fact, if you read this proverb on your own, um, it's kind of like watching uh, you know, a movie and this ominous music starts in the background right? and you know exactly that the main character is about to do something really, really stupid, maybe to the point where you even kind of shout at the screen and you say don't and other people stare at you because like, what's your problem? Don't you know it's a movie? Right? It's, just, it's just that enthralling and you get caught up in the moment. Well, you read this proverb, it's the exact same thing. Right, the, 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 there's this kid, there's this young guy, this boy, and, and he thinks that he's about to experience something that's really, really great. And, and Solomon, right, Solomon says, no, actually, um, he, he's like an ox going to the slaughter. No, actually what's going on, you don't realize it, but he's like a bird, um, a bird that's been caught in a snare. Right, what, what, what he thinks is going to be really, really good, it's going to end up in a tremendous disaster. Right? Again, it's not an issue of being bad. Right? It's not uh, simply an age thing. Again, although age is a part of it. Right? It is a lack of knowledge. Now, the way that you'll know that you're opting for the simple person's response to wisdom um, is because the simple person always responds to wisdom with a couple of specific phrases. Right? And so um, the simple person, um, you always know that you're opting for, for the simple person's response when, when your response sounds like this. Well, listen, nothing's going to happen. Right? It, it, you're overreacting. Right? You're, you're just overreacting. No, I can handle it. Don't worry, I can handle it. Well, see, listen, I'm concerned um, because, see, when I was in this situation, I didn't handle it very well. See, the reason I'm concerned is because when your older sister, when she was in the situation, she actually didn't handle it very well. The, the reason I'm concerned is because our world is actually filled with a tremendous number of people who have been in very similar circumstances to you right now, and, and, and they are suffering consequences in their life right now because they didn't handle it very well. Whenever the response is, okay, you're just overreacting, you're overreacting, then you know you're opting for the simple person's response to wisdom. 
Right? You know why parents, right, students, you know why parents overreact, right? It's not just because we're parents. I mean, that is absolutely a part of it, right? We overreact because we anticipate the future, right? And, and, and here's the thing, and I'm, I'm not being critical. Um, if, you're, if you're young, right, if you're under 21, particularly if you are, um, if you're much younger than 21, listen, you, you, you lack knowledge, right? You lack knowledge. Now, again, that's not an insult, and I'm, I'm not being um, critical of you in any, in any way. Um, y- y- the truth is, if we're honest, those of us who are older than 21, we actually envy you. Like, we would, we would trade so much to be with you, right? Because you've never experienced consequences in your life, right? Y- you've never been so in debt that you wonder, how in the world are you going to make the house payment this month? How in the world am I going to make the rent payment this month? How in the world are we going to pay for the car this month? Right? You, you've never experienced that, and so consequently, you're not afraid of debt the way that we are. Right? You, you've, never, um, you, you've never been so broken, right? Not so, bro- so broken in a relationship where, where you, you, you wonder um, if you're ever going to be able to trust another man or another woman ever again. You've never experienced that. You've never been so broken in your own sexuality where, where you're legitimately concerned that you'll never be able to, to be intimate or to be experience intimacy with another, another person ever in the course of your life. You, you've never experienced those things. And see, the truth is, we don't want you to. We don't want you to. We don't want you to ever experience those consequences. And so the truth is, listen, if you're, um, if you're young, right, if you're un- especially if you're under 21, here's the amazing thing. Um, and I hope you believe me when I say this. In fact, this is uh, really one of the key reasons why I've always loved student ministry. It's why Autumn and I still love having young adults and college-age students over at our house in the summer, in the fall, um, sitting around the bonfire and just talking. Um, because the truth is, you can actually have something um, that I can't and that we can't. Right? You have an opportunity, but, but that opportunity is going away. You can actually have the benefits of youth, and you can have the benefits of wisdom. Right? You can actually have all of it. You can have it both ways. You can have all of this at the same time. You can have the benefits of youth. Right? You can actually wear skinny jeans, and they look good on you. Right? They don't look ridiculous. You can color your hair all kinds of different ways, and it looks awesome. You can actually do all these things that 20-something people do that every one of us wish we could do. Right? But you can actually have all of it. Please don't ever, ever, ever trade what you want the most in life for what you want in the moment. Don't ever do that. You can have the benefits of wisdom and you can have the benefits of youth all at the same time. But you're going to have to ask. It's not going to come natural. You're going to have to ask the question, what is wisdom saying to me right now? With every invitation, every opportunity, every decision, in light of my past, in light of my present circumstance, in light of my future hopes and dreams, what is wisdom saying to me? Now, the second category that we find in Proverbs that Solomon talks a lot about, in fact, it's all through the book of Proverbs, um, and and this sounds a little bit harsh, um, but it's the fool. It's the fool. Now, um, you you know the fool, you know you're dealing with the fool because um, the the difference between the simple and the fool is that the fool knows, um, but the fool doesn't care, right? That's the definition of the fool. They know, 
they just don't care, right? Hey, don't you know that's going to hurt you? Yeah, I, I just don't care. Hey, hey, don't you know that everybody does that? They, yeah, I, I know, I don't care, right? Hey, hey, don't you know that everyone who's invested in that? Yeah, I, I know, I get it, I've heard it. I, I just don't care, right? The fool, you, now you notice in both of these, again, this is so easy for us to see in other people, right? Um, but, but the interesting thing is um, for some of you, right, that are watching right now, for some of you listening right now, um, I know what you're thinking, right? You, 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 I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, okay, Joe, you're talking about this, but the truth is I just don't care, right? I don't care. I don't care. It's not offensive to me because it doesn't matter to me because I don't care about any of this, right? Solomon says this about the fool. Solomon says, listen, as a dog returns to his vomit, right, so fools repeat their folly. Have you ever seen a dog actually do this? Right? It's just so gut-wrenching, isn't it? As a dog returns to his vomit, so fools repeat their folly. This is what fools do. Right? They just don't, they know, they just don't care. Right? You're going to do that again? Yeah. Why? I don't care. Solomon goes on and he says this. He says, a fool also finds pleasure in, in wicked schemes. It's like, you're, really? You're going to do that again? That, that's like a dog returning to his vomit. No, it's, it's not. It's fun. It's fun. No, yeah, it's fun. Really, you're going to do that? Yeah, it's fun. Now, again, he, here's the amazing thing in all of us, in, in all of this, right? Every single one of us, we see this stuff so quickly in other people. But the truth is, what Solomon would say is that, listen, if you ask yourself the qu question, what is wisdom saying to me right now? And you kind of know the answer to that question and you choose to do something else, Solomon would say, come on, in that area of life, you're playing the part of the fool. Right? Because not only does the fool know what's right and wrong and doesn't care, the fool also doesn't care about the consequences of right and wrong. Right? Someone who's had a DUI and they're still risking it, right? come on, they're playing the part of the fool, aren't they? Some, there's a habit that you know is slowly destroying your body and, and destroying your health, and yet you do it anyway because it's enjoyable to you. Right? Come on. You're playing the part of the fool. Now, for both of these two categories, the simple and the fool, um, Proverbs, Solomon, actually tells us that there is, in fact, a cure for both of these. But the cure is different. For the simple person, the cure is knowledge, right? The cure is knowledge. The cure is counsel. It's experience. But for the fool, the cure is always consequence. It's tragedy. It's pain. The fool has to learn the hard way because you cannot teach a fool because the fool knows. The fool just doesn't care. More information will not help when we are playing the part of the fool. The cure for the fool is always tragedy. Now, again, for those of you who, who would say, okay, I don't care, I don't care, right? I don't give a whatever, fill in the blank with whatever word you want to. I, I don't care. Right? Here's the thing that you should at least think about. For every single one of us, when we're playing the part of the fool, what we say is stuff like this. It's, okay, it's my money, I can do what I want to. It's my body, I can do what I want to. It's my time, I can do what I want to. Right? It's my life, I can do what I want to. Besides, I'm not hurting anybody. Right? That's always where this ends up. But see, that's not true. Because this is where your foolishness has blinded you 
to your selfishness. Because Solomon goes on and he tells us this. He says, listen, it is the companion of, it is the husband of, it is the wife of, it is the brother of, the sister of, it is the friend of, it is the roommate of, it is the employee of fools that suffers harm. Right? Solomon says, and eventually, everyone who plays the part of the fool, eventually the fool always causes those people around them to suffer harm. The tragedy about playing the fool is that eventually you are going to hurt someone, probably someone that you love. And you can say all day long, I didn't mean to, that wasn't my intention, but that person or those people still end up hurt. Students, can I just, for a minute, those of you who are students, just eyes up here for just a second, those of you who are watching um, students, just for a minute, um, can I take off, like, pastor hat and put on dad hat just for 30 seconds, okay? Um, listen, students, this is why your parents freak out about your friends, right here, okay? This is why. If you don't understand why your parents freak out about your friends, this is why. Because, listen, you might literally be, I am not arguing, you may literally be the smartest kid in your school. You may literally be the wisest kid in your friend group. That's absolutely true. I am not debating it. It is the companion of fools who suffer harm. Because, listen, if your friends do not care about your body, the last person's body they are ever going to care about is yours. If they don't care about their future, the last person's future they are ever going to care about is your future. The third category that Solomon deals with um, is really the most extreme. Um, it's, the, it's the mocker, right? It's the mocker. So the mocker is kind of like the fool um, on steroids, right? So th this person, not only do they know the difference between right and wrong and not care, not only do they know the consequences of right and wrong and not care, this person actually ridicules, they mock, they scoff at the people who choose to do what is right. This is the person who is constantly critical and constantly condescending. Anytime you interact with a mocker, they always throw you off balance in your conversation, in your relationship, because they always have to have control. And the way that they maintain control in the relationship is always through cynicism, it's through criticism, and it's through a condescending attitude. Listen, if, you, if, you, if, this, if this is the person that you work for, right, if you work for someone like this, you are constantly, constantly unaware of where you actually stand with that person. They, they always try to manipulate you and control you in the work environment through their cynicism and through their criticism. If you are dating somebody like this, please hear me. Get out now. Get out now. It does not matter. It will not get better. Time does not fix this ever. If you are married to this person, my heart breaks for you. My heart breaks for you. Solomon says this about the mocker. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults, right? Insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse, right? Not just mocking, but abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Now, this is really important for us to understand. We're going to come back to this idea in just a couple of minutes. When we read this in Proverbs, right, we need to remember um, this is not God speaking, right? This is Solomon speaking. 
And Solomon is saying this. He's saying, okay, from my experience with mockers, you just need to know there's no point and there's no hope. All right, that's what Solomon is saying, right? You're not going to talk a mocker into changing because they already know, right? They already know. More information is not going to fix the problem with the mocker, right? Because they already have all the information, whether it's a result of insecurity or some past experience of theirs, or if it's just sheer arrogance, right? Whatever it is, they just have to control all the time. And the way they control is through their condescending, critical, cynical attitude. And that makes having any kind of a relationship with this person exceedingly, exceedingly difficult. Now, here's the, the, the challenge with this. Eventually, Right? Eventually, Solomon would tell us, all three of these people, right? all three of them, the simple, the fool, and the mocker, eventually all of them are actually going to need wisdom. Right? Eventually, everyone's going to be in a situation where they can't think their way, talk their way, criticize their way, or manipulate their way out of. Everybody. At some point in life, everyone's going to need to fix a relationship, reestablish a relationship with kids, fix a marriage, fix a second or a third marriage. Everyone's going to need to get a job. They're going to need to get out of debt. They're going to need, need to move forward at some way in life, in some point in life. The problem, Solomon says, is that if you play these parts long enough, not only do you reject wisdom, you're not even going to be able to recognize wisdom. Right? Somebody comes up to you and says, hey, this is actually the solution of your, to your problem. Solomon says, if you do any of these long enough, right, you're not even going to recognize what that person has to say as wisdom. And so consequently, in the very beginning of the book of Proverbs, in Proverbs chapter 1, um, Solomon does something that's absolutely fascinating, and he personifies wisdom as a woman, right? which is so fascinating that Solomon would do this. This is 3,000 years ago. He personifies wisdom as a woman who's walking through the streets of a village, of a city, um, saying, who wants wisdom? Who wants wisdom? Come and get it. Come and get it. And so what we're going to do today as we wrap up is I'm going to read, and I want you to follow along um, from, uh, from a series of verses beginning in Proverbs chapter 1, starting at verse 20. And again, remember, this is what Solomon is saying. Um, this is not God speaking, right? When God speaks, he makes promises, Proverbs are all about probabilities, right? Sol what Solomon is saying is, listen, I've observed all these different types of people in life. I've observed the simple and the fool. I've observed the mocker and I've observed the wise. And here is the result, right? Here's the cause and effect relationship for each of these. And so as we read this in Proverbs chapter 1, I just want you to hear these words. And I want you to imagine um, not somebody else. I want to imagine where you are in your life right now. What voice have you been listening to? What role are you playing? Out in the open, right? Out in the open. In other words, wisdom is available to everyone. Wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. Right? In other words, your heavenly father, Solomon says, your heavenly father actually makes wisdom available to whoever wants it. And then Solomon says, wisdom, right? She asks a question. Here's her question. How long will you who are simple, how long are you going to love your simple ways? Mockers, right? How long are you going to delight in your mockery? 
Right? How long are you going to hide behind the fact that you can just criticize and, and be cynical and, and just bully people into following or doing what you want them to do through your cynicism and your criticism? Mockers, how long are you going to do that? Another year? Another job? Another marriage? How, how long are you going to do that, mockers? And, and, and fools, they hate knowledge. Right? Fools, how long are you going to hide behind this whole idea of I don't know, but I don't care? I don't know, but I don't care. I don't know, but I don't care. How long are you going to do that? Another year? The rest of your life? How long are you going to hide behind that? Repent, wisdom says. Repent at my rebuke. Then, then, wisdom says, I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. Right? In other words, wisdom... Your Heavenly Father is making wisdom available to everyone, right? To everyone. But I got to tell you, one of the heartbreaking things about being a pastor, one of the heartbreaking things about being a counselor, one of the heartbreaking things of actually um, taking care of people like so many of you do, you've been in this situation. Somebody who's playing one of these parts for a long, long time, they, they finally sit you down and they say, hey, I need help, right? I need help. And so they start to tell you their story, right? And, and, and you listen. And, and you always think, you, you never say this out loud, but you always think this because it just, it's just natural. You hear their story and, and you, th- you think to yourself, okay, you've done so much damage. Right? You've done so much needless damage. Right? Not from God's perspective, but from your own perspective of life in this world, you've damaged your heart, you've damaged your relationships, you, you, you've damaged your, your, your soul, right, so badly. And now you, you want somebody to come along and kind of walk you through a remedy that has nothing to do with words, but actually has everything to do with actions? That's heartbreaking. That's so heartbreaking. Wisdom continues, since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways. A counselor cannot erase the consequences of sowing and reaping. Right? This is what Solomon is saying. There is no amount of money that can erase the cause and effect relationship between sowing and reaping. It's the law of the harvest. Right? There is a harvest that is coming. And see, if you're a mocker, what happens is you think to yourself, well, this doesn't matter because I can control outcomes. No, you can't. No, you can't. Because there are certain things in life you cannot fix until you deal with the arrogance that prevents you from admitting that your husband or your wife or your brother or your sister or your roommate or your friend or your parents or your counselor are actually right, that your Heavenly Father is right, that they're trying to help you. That they're trying to give you wisdom. They'll eat the fruit of their ways. They'll be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. But, and here's the good news. Right? Solomon is saying, listen, if everything I've said so far, if this does not get your attention, I don't know what will. But wisdom says this, listen, but whoever listens to me, 
Right? Wisdom says, listen, I'm calling, I'm calling, I'm calling, I'm giving you another opportunity. It's no mistake that you're here right now. It's no mistake that you're listening right now. It's no mistake that you're actually watching right now. Wisdom is saying to you right now, listen, I'm giving you another opportunity. Whoever listens to me, they will live in safety and be at ease without fear. There's an illustration when Autumn, Autumn and I were talking about this, um, this message this past week, and she shared with me an illustration um, that she uses with her clients, talking about the, the idea of sowing and reaping, which um, is, a, is a great illustration. She said it's, it's kind of like a ball. And when you go to throw a ball, whether you realize it or not, you have set a trajectory for that ball. As soon as that ball leaves your hand, it is going to land somewhere. And the only thing that's going to change the trajectory of that ball is if someone or something interrupts that ball while it's on the trajectory to wherever it is that it's going. And see, some of you right now, see, this is why I want you to ask this question. What is wisdom saying to me right now? Because some of you have set a trajectory with a ball in your life or perhaps even your entire life. And you have set that trajectory in such a way and you kind of realize now that you do not want that ball going. You do not want your life going in the trajectory that it's heading. What is wisdom saying to me right now? This is why I want you to ask this question. Because right, your Heavenly Father has sent parents and teachers and friends and counselors, pastors into your life to alter the trajectory of the ball that is still in your hands. And He has sent the Holy Spirit and He has sent your Savior Jesus to impact and alter the trajectory of the ball that has left your hands. In light of my past, in light of my present circumstance, in light of my future hopes and dreams, what is wisdom saying to me right now? Because eventually, eventually, all three, the mocker and the fool and the simple, all three eventually need wisdom. And the first step is if you're in the mocker, it's admitting, okay, you know what? I'm not the smartest person in the room. I'm not. There's other people who are smarter than me. I can actually listen to what other people say. For the fool, for the fool, it's actually admitting, okay, you know what? Life isn't just about me. It's actually about the people that love me and care about me as well. And for the simple, it's simply, that, it's simply acknowledging that, listen, um, nobody expects you to know everything. Nobody's, everybody is not criticizing you. In fact, they want, they want to see you succeed in life. They just want to give you some wisdom. And so today, as we prepare to close, before we pray, um, I've got three more questions that I would love for you to honestly ask yourself during the course of this week. These would be great conversation starters for uh, you if you're in a small group, if, if for your family, maybe if you go out to lunch or go to dinner together this week, um, this would be a great topic of conversation uh, for you as a family. You can take a picture of this. These are on your outlines. Those of you watching at home right now, these are on our app. Or again, you can take a picture of the screen. If you could go back in time 10 years and tell your younger self something, what would it be? 
In what ways have you seen simple or foolish behavior in people around you? And how did those choices affect your life or influence your choices? And then finally, what is one area in your life that you tend, if you're honest, you tend to behave like a simple person, perhaps like a fool, or maybe even a mocker? And again, this is hard. But how could this group actually support you to not do one of those three things? Let me pray for us today. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, this is hard. I get it. I get it. Because this makes all of us, it makes us deal with our arrogance, it makes us deal with our pride. Father, for me personally, the reason I struggle with this is because it, it reveals the fact that I actually need people and I hate to need people, if I'm honest. And so, Father, in this moment, I ask for all of us, on behalf of all of us, that, that you would break whatever it is inside of us that causes us to respond in these ways as the simple, the fool, or the mocker that Holy Spirit, that you would actually cause our hearts to surrender to you. Holy Spirit, that's, you can, only you can do that. I can't do that. Um, no words can do that. Holy Spirit, the only one that can do that is you. And would you also, Holy Spirit, as we feel that personally, as we feel that prodding of you urging us to surrender and and admit and repent would you just allow us to not put up our defenses and just to acknowledge that our heavenly father does love us that he does want what's best for us even if we disagree with him on what that might be And Holy Spirit, I would also ask that in these next few moments, as we personally and silently confess our sin to you, that you would speak to us. That you would pour out words of wisdom. Words of love, words of forgiveness. That you would remind us that nothing, nothing is impossible. The good news of the gospel is that your Savior Jesus, he is your provider and your protector. He is your redeemer and your restorer. And the words of Jesus are true. That you're, for your heavenly Father, nothing, absolutely nothing is impossible. 
that he works, he redeems, he restores, and he forgives. And your sin, it is truly forgiven in Jesus' name.